You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Say It Loud Network presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra, Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. And when I went into school, I very quickly noticed it didn't represent the diversity within my town. It was a very Caucasian Mm -hmm. industry. You know, immediately we were really concentrating on skin conditions Mm -hmm. that really were prone to lighter skin tones, not ethnic skin. I have to thank today's guest, Rachel Roth, CEO and founder of Urban Skin Rx for inspiring today's beauty report. We are at a historic crossroads. The path of silence and action and equivocation will be seen as complicity and an ongoing moral and human crisis around systemic racism in corporations. Martin Luther King famously said, the arc of the moral universe bends towards justice. We must not be silent. I read an article by Richard Edelman, and he said businesses must now decide how to manage three intertwined issues, COVID-19 and the ensuing economic downturn, the necessity of action on diversity, equality and inclusion, and the election, which is prompting deep partisan divides. This is one of the greatest shifts we have seen, and the thought that it will simply pass is unrealistic and out of the question. For both brands and corporations, the issue of systemic racism demands their attention and presents a historic opportunity. When we talk about institutional racism, we're talking about racism that is woven into the systems that make up our society. For example, the medical system, education system, criminal and justice systems, and yes, even the beauty system. For the beauty industry, this shows up in ads, products, skin lighteners, hair straighteners, representation, and lack of leadership in companies. Our next guest, Rachel Roth, has broken boundaries in her own right, creating products for brown and black women as a white woman, and has stared racism in the face through her commitments to create racial equality through the products she creates and the community she serves. Rachel Roth, Urban Skin Rx founder and CEO and licensed esthetician, is a game changer in the beauty space and prides herself on bringing inclusivity to the clinical skincare industry with the founding of both Urban Med Spa and Weight Loss Center and Urban Skin Rx in Charlotte, North Carolina. In addition to having a roster of high-caliber celebrity clientele, Rachel has been featured in numerous publications and recognized as a leading beauty innovator by Forbes and Women's Wear Daily. Urban Skin RX is sold nationwide at Walmart, Target, Ulta, CVS, UrbanSkinRx.com, Dermstore.com, HSN.com, and QVC.com. Rachel receives postgraduate certification in skin color and pigmentation 
from the International Dermal Institute in Atlanta, Georgia, as well as laser technician certification by Candela Corporation and the therapeutic application of Candela Lasers and by Allied Health Association. And now let's get into it. Welcome, Rachel. I'm so excited to have you on the Business of the Beat podcast today. Um, we have to start. I mean, we've just shared with our listeners how amazing you are, but I have a personal I, for all of you guys who are listening, I'm holding up Rachel's products, some of my most favorite from Urban Skin, my a purifying pumpkin pore mask. I have my even tone smooth and glow eczema mask, my pill pads, Rachel. These are amazing. I was literally going to a meeting and I, this was happened yesterday, truth. And I had used the pill pads. And so I get to my meeting and we had to sit outside. And I was like, I just, I can't be in this sun because Rachel said that if I use this, I have to put on sunscreen of SPF 30 or higher. And I haven't, but I just, these are amazing. Let me just keep gushing on you. I love love the compliancy. I read the directions. I was like, what I wish, I wish all my this? clients would read, read the directions. <laughs> that would be great. I, I took it so seriously. And she was like, what, what are you talking about? And I'm like, no, no, no. The urban skin is the pill pad. They said, they literally tell you SPF 30 because I use black girl sunscreen, right? So I'm keeping it mm-hmm. in the family. Then I well, you know, one, one, of, one of the things with creating high strength clinical products is it's kind of scary because, you know, it really does take high strength actives to get people those visible, quick results that they want, especially for that problematic skin that we are known to address. But at the same time, they don't read the directions. They can really irritate their skin, end up in a worse place. And so I'm always very nervous about releasing different formulas that I know are game changing and super strong to get people the results. So oftentimes they don't even get it dermatologists, but at the same time, I have seen people mess themselves up by simply just not reading the directions. So thank you, Kendra. Thank you. <laughs> I, I lose sleep over this. I literally like, I'm the person who sits at the front row in school. So I immediately am like, what am I supposed to be doing? Let me just follow the rules and, you know, we'll be good. But you mentioned something that I think is why you've been so successful, because you came up with an opportunity. You fulfilled the need in particular for darker skin tones and really brown and black people and people of color and your journey and your story is just amazing. So, so take us back, kind of tell us how we got to these amazing products and our pill pads and our mask and, and everything that makes urban skin RX so special. Yeah. I mean, I'll try to give you the condensed version because it was a long journey. You know, I'm not one of these founders that blew up after two years. You know, I have been doing this for this July will be 15 years. I opened my medical spa in my medical spa in Charlotte in 2006, which I actually recently sold in September and started the skincare line 10 years ago. So I'm truly an OG at this point. So my journey started, gosh, like 25 years ago, but, you know, grew up in Northern California. California in a pretty diverse, liberal Jewish family. Um, we had a lot of, you know, diversity with our family, which, you know, I didn't really notice because it was just my family and my norm. Um, and at a young age, I had a lot of skin problems. I had a precancerous nevus mole on my face that led me to be very self-conscious. It looked like I had a big chocolate spot that 
kids never let me forget was there and then ended up very overweight about 60 pounds overweight and then ended up with acne as well so just felt horrible in the skin that I was in and you know through being taken to dermatologists who happened to have estheticians because California was a little bit ahead of the times with med spots I immediately knew like this is what I want to do and initially it was for selfish reasons it was like (laughs) I want a profession where I can be around all the things that I can use on myself to make myself look better. Um, But I also have always been somebody who's very empathetic, who, you know, really hated seeing any underdog, anybody who wasn't being treated equally. And so fast forward to when I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, ended up going to esthetician school after college. You know, Charlotte has got a very large ethnic community. It's pretty much 50% African-American almost. And when I went into school, I very quickly noticed it didn't represent the diversity within my town. It was a very Caucasian Mm -hmm. industry. You know, immediately we were really concentrating on skin conditions Mm -hmm. that really were prone to lighter skin tones, not ethnic skin. And when I brought in my family and friends to practice on them because you needed to do so to get all your credits, it was like very it wasn't necessarily like they were treated, you know, rudely. It was just like, don't do this and don't do that because their so skin is so sensitive and, uh, you know, I don't want you to burn them and I don't want... And it was just mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I get us not wanting to burn them, but we can't... There's got to be solutions, you know, other than just massaging their face to make them feel good that can make yeah. impacts in their lives. And so it really led me to have to pursue a lot of my own education, even down to ordering dermatology books for ethnic skin off of the internet and seeking out continuing education courses like in Atlanta on skin pigmentation and skin of color. And, you know, even through my first job as an esthetician, the guy happened to buy a laser that was um, safe for deeper skin tones and he didn't even know it. It was like, I don't know. I, I I very much, you know, have a strong relationship with God. I'm not the most religious, but I am, you know, a believer in God. And sometimes I look back on all the things that happened to me from being bullied to, you know, ending up at this like first job with this laser that happened to be for deeper skin tones and being trained in this laser and starting to practice on some of my friends and ended up with the most amazing before and after pictures of this black male friend of mine on ingrown hairs on his neck. And I was being paid commission. I had zero clients because the business I worked for had no idea what they were doing. So I was like, okay, I got to go out and get some clients. This is such an amazing picture. You know, where are all the black men that could use this service? They're at barbershops. So I literally mm-hmm. hit the pavement in Charlotte and ended up going to like 50 barbershops (laughs) just distributing these flyers of these before and after pictures and walking into barbershops as a woman is very intimidating it's like the door opens you feel like everybody (laughs) stares at you (laughs) and you know we ended up getting it ended up working and the doctor who owned it said what else can we do you know you're so smart I was like well I think we should write go on the radio and say that we have a laser hair removal device that works on deeper skin tones. And so I actually wrote the commercial. I will never forget it said, ladies, are you tired of plucking those annoying chin hairs? And it was like the phones just blew up. And so at the time I was like 23 and I'd always wanted to open my own med spa, but had thought it would happen like after five or 10 years of being in the game and learning. And I just like really felt like it was my calling. And I was so scared that somebody 
else would pursue this. But like I looked and looked and saw that there was really no other med spas in the area and almost in the country specializing in the needs of deeper skin tones. So urgently I like went to my parents and was like, you know, can you guys help me? Um, and I always like to be transparent about that. Like my parents co-signed on a loan for me. And I know that that was a huge blessing and advantage that not everybody has. I mean, the loan was in my name, but I did not have no substantial credit history established or income. And so I would not be here today if it wasn't for them. But I wrote this business plan with a bookkeeper and an an accountant to kind of cross-reference numbers, make sure we were asking for a loan that would help us sustain. And I opened this very small med spot and it boomed. And the interesting but terrible thing about it is I would say up until maybe a year ago, I did not start having competition. Like, and we, you know, we can talk about that today. That literally, other than Ambi, I have been like one of the only clinical skincare brands for deeper skin tones. And I felt so urgent 15 years ago, like, oh my God, any second now, somebody's going <laughs> to, like, and, you know, now I'm so excited that I'm not the only one in the category. You know, I feel really good that. I can be successful with a lot of, you know, other people playing in the category I'm in. And it's so necessary. And I feel very, a lot of pride that my success has allowed, you know, has made a lot of retailers want to pursue, you know, mm-hmm. other brands and other brands have seen what I have done. And it has led them to want to play in this category because they see my success and it's so necessary. But you know, in terms of creating the skincare line, it kind of came about after about four years of, you know, being this esthetician and med spa owner was that just there was no other skincare brands that really was catering to hyperpigmentation the way I wanted it to. And hyperpigmentation, which is, you know, uneven skin tone, dark spots, it affects everybody. You know, I'm not African-American. I'm not brown skin, but I suffer from hyperpigmentation, but it is more common with deeper skin tones. And so that was really what Urban Skinner is all about as the melanin experts is really about being an expert in the treatment of melanin, which we all have, you know, um, but, you know, that's how we got here today. I mean, I love your story. I love the hustle. I mean, you talk about going into barbershops and I hadn't heard that. Like in all of our conversations, I hadn't heard that. And I just think about even going in, like when I have to pick up my daughter, my husband's there, like, and it is so intimidating. I don't understand like that. It's a whole like world for them. So I applaud you, girl. And it's so smart and so innovative. And like, even to think that 15 years ago, like grassroots hitting the ground, going where people are and figuring out the need. It's just, it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm like, wow. Oh, that's I how mean, do it. My grassroots examples go a lot further than that. I mean, you just, I mean, I would show up at cosmetology schools, salons with, you know, donuts and be like, hey, please, on a Saturday, let me do a demonstration to your team and educate them on ethnic skin. And I was hoping that if I offered them this service of showing that, like, I could give education to them that they could use on their clients, that they would then refer to me. So I made these, like, posters at FedEx that were, like, this big of, like, (laughs) keloids and, you know, 
suedofolliculitis, which is razor bumps and all these ethnic skin conditions. And would go into these salons and do these like hour long demonstrations in exchange for feeding their like staff and like handing out cars. I mean, I hung out of car windows, illegally putting, you know, flyers into mailboxes in neighborhoods. I did everything. Well, and that, you know what, that's the hustle. Like, that's just what I love about you in terms of the purity of, of what you're doing and how you started. Because there's so many entrepreneurs today that think that, you know, they should, within a year, they should be profitable and they should have all these things and people should be coming to them. And, you know, people forget, like, you have to work in your business. It's one thing to have a good idea or concept, but you have to work at it and you have to constantly be thinking, how do I get in front of my consumers? What can I do that's different? And even when you talk about competition, I was talking to your buyer at Target who raves about you and talks about how you were leading the category. And literally, like I just said, like, what brands are you, what brands are you guys excited about? And he was like, Urban Skin RX, like, we love it. They're leaders. And so then to hear you talk about competition, like, what does that look like? And after all these years and what's happening in terms of the movement around just black people in general and to have a product that is so focused for us? It's been such an interesting journey. You know, I'm very hard on myself and I have a lot of regrets that I'm dealing with right now, which my team keeps telling me, like, look where you are. But I just look back. I'm, I grew so quickly and it was never, I was so torn between two businesses. I don't feel like I ever had a time to be as strategic as I wanted to be. Luckily, you know, I was very thoughtful with my formulas. I always put my formulas first. And so there was no compromising with that. But like, like this year, I'll be completely transparent with you. We've taken some big hits with our name, you know, or the word urban has really been under fire. Started with the way it's been used in the music industry. And um, by no means did I select the name out of like thinking like our clients are urban clients. So it was really being raised in San Francisco and trying to come up with a business name that represents and a diversity, there's only so many names. And that was the name that I felt like in a city, you see all different backgrounds, socioeconomic, religious, you know, diversity. And so that was what I picked. And right now, like, I can't really say off the record, so I'm on a podcast, like I'm struggling with our name, because even though it came from such a good place, I hate that anybody thinks it came from a negative place. And I actually just heard about this brand called four, five, six, and I'm like obsessed with the name. So there's a Fitzpatrick scale when it comes to skin, there's six skin types. Well, it's not a type, it's a tone. And so like red haired, pale, like blue eyed would be like a one super, super deep tone would be the highest would be a six. And so this brand, which is out of London, catering to deeper skin tones is called four, five and six which technically four, five, and six is the ethnic skin tones. I'm like, oh my God, that is such an awesome name. Wow. you know. And so I just look at so many things now and I'm like, God, like, why did I do this? And why did I do that? And so many packaging mistakes. And we just like, we grew so quickly that I just like wish I had more strategy. Like we have this pro strength collection of products, which is finally launching into prestige, like, which is so exciting. We started as this 
we started as this prestige spa brand, then was became this prestige online brand. And then when I got my first opportunity with retail, it happened to be Target, which technically is considered mass. We like to call it mastige. You know, it's kind of in, in between mass and prestige, but technically it's mass. And so quickly, I kind of pivoted to take my most popular formulas and make smaller sizes at cheaper prices so that it worked for Target's price point that they wanted. And then it ended up me, it led to us having to kind of break up the brand into a pro strength collection, which is a lot of our original formulas that just can't be made for cheaper and smaller. And um, there's just names that overlap between both lines. And like, it's just like, I just look back and like, wish I was some of these founders that wasn't didn't had everything figured out before I started, you know, and that just but isn't my that's story. Not really, well, but you know what? I think that that's the beauty of it because who has everything figured out? Like if we had everything figured out, then it would be, I think, you know, a boring existence because we'd know everything. There'd be nothing to learn or accomplish or to even look back. And I mean, your self-awareness to be able to say like, these are the mistakes I made. This is what I wish I had done. But then to be able to look forward and say, how do I apply that? I mean, I've heard you talk about confidence and collaboration and how important that is for you to gain confidence, but then to have a collaborative working environment. And I think that the beauty and growth is that you have more people to collaborate, but then the confidence is also enhanced as the brand is growing and as you're seeing success. So I I think that you know, it's all part of, of our being. And that's what it is to be a founder. It's psychologically damaging. <laughs> it really is. Well, me and, me, and, me and you know a lot of the same people in the beauty industry that are like the founders and CEOs of like the most successful beauty brands. And they, they all appear to have it so figured out. <laughs> they, they look real good. I don't know what really goes on, but they look good. <laughs> That's how I feel. I know you and I are in our in our in our other group and I'm always like, huh, what's happening? Like but it I mean, everyone is experiencing everything and so it's always interesting, you know, how we all show up in our truest form. And I think one of the things too that you know, even when you talk about urban, I was in a conversation with somebody for um another brand and cultural appropriation came up and it's really it's hard because we want to move the industry forward. We want to have these conversations, but a lot of stuff that happened was to your point from the greatest intentions. And so what I'm trying to figure out is like how do we move forward and how do we protect people who are working under the guise of positivity or truly trying to help. And I don't, I don't have an answer for it, but I, I understand where you're coming from. And I have empathy in terms of you as a white woman. You know, it's funny because even on the podcast, like we never thought we'd have a white woman on the podcast because the podcast was supposed to be and is empowering black and brown leaders in the beauty industry and giving them access and education and a path. And as we were talking, I said, I love Rachel because she is encouraging and helping us to move forward and created something for us that does expand beyond because as you said, everyone has melanin, but I just... I just, I kind of empathize with that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that empathy. I mean, this year has been tough on so many levels. And when I say this, 
Well, 2021 has been tough, although I'm trying not to claim that. Um, anything for 2021, <laughs> I'm still trying to be optimistic. But the last 12 months has been a tough 12 months. And I try so hard not to be like, woes me, because I am so blessed. But definitely this year, I've had more kind of a lot of speculation over my intentions in terms of like culture appropriation, you know, culture vulture. And it's very painful to me. I mean, I look at, you know, a lot of the negative comments that have been said about me. I'm like, I try to, you know, my significant others, African-American and my best friend who lives with me, my best friend of like 25 years, she's staying with me this last year. She's, African-American too. And so they're struggling with what they're struggling with. And then there's this like white woman in the house being like, you know, God, I'm being accused of all these terrible things. Like poor me, you know? And, um, it's just, it's been, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting year. I mean, all I can do is know that I keep winning because God knows who I am. God knows who I've always been, what my intentions are, There's going to continue to be haters that just choose not to really learn about the brand and get to know me and just kind of like assume. And I understand that because culture appropriation is very much a reality in this world, but that's not what Urban Skinner X is about, nor who I am. I've always been about helping marginalized communities, specifically the black community. I have devoted my life towards recruiting with diversity in mind. You know, like I can't even tell you how many times that my bandwidth has been so tapped out and I have been, you know, presented with great, you know, options of, you know, professionals to fill positions. And I just didn't feel like it would be a good representation of diversity within my brand. So holding out, you know, to give, people who have been oppressed, you know, from getting proper opportunities in the beauty profession, you know, holding out till I met that right candidate. So it's been, I mean, it's been very painful. I mean, to the point where I think for the first time ever, I've kind of been like, well, maybe I do see selling my company one day. You know, you talk about like the whole thought of like, do you develop a brand to be a family owned brand or do you develop it to sell it for a lot of money? And I don't like being accused of, of some of the things that people have said about me. It's very hurtful. And, and, and that's where I think it's the balance of everything that's going on. Because I think that the people that do have the best intentions, it feels like everyone's kind of on one side or the other side. And then people are just getting bundled in. And there's no room for, you know, cross conversations or acknowledgement. And and there have been consequences even with the best of intentions, you know, and I think even looking at your brand and, you know, it's been amazing to see the support on the other side of the negativity, but the support of people who actually know you, who follow the brand, who use the brand. And even when we talk about the ingredients and the impact. So for me, I'm like, I know that your products work on my skin. And there's very few that I have been able to find. Like for the longest time, I only used emu oil. Like I'd go to Texas, go to the emu ranch and that was it. And so I'm very protective. And so at a certain point, there is this balance of, yes, there's a real person behind the brand that we have to 
think about and we have to be supportive. And then we have to look at the ingredients. So is the solution to not have something that works for us because we don't understand and we haven't been part of the evolution of that brand and what the brand stands for? So it's it's a hard, like all of the canceling and the boycotting, it just becomes so much chatter to no end to me in a lot of cases with no true substance of what it is that you're canceling or boycotting. Because at the end of the day, there wouldn't be brands without people behind them who had the intention to create them. And and I and I I just I think that because like Yes, we want to do things that we're passionate about. But at the end of the day, deep down, we all need to make money. Like our society wasn't built to just not have any kind of money like that. So there has to be in the midst of doing good, we still have to think through. And it could be because we're business owners. Like there still has to be this notion of we have to sell. We have to make money so that we can continue to put good things in the world. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean... I work long, long hours and making a difference in the world and seeing before and after pictures is a huge motivator, but also, you know, ensuring that my daughter won't ever have to really need for anything. If anything happens to me, she will be okay in this crazy world is very much a motivator as well. So anybody who denies that is lying. <laughs> like if they say, that, you know, money is not a motivator. I, I don't honestly believe them, but I think it's totally possible to have a a big balance of that. But yeah, I mean, I think the whole cancel culture thing is just such a fine line because there are so many people that need to be canceled 100% or people need to be canceled, but they also need to be given the opportunity to change and do better. You know, and I very much believe in when I look at so many of these companies who have not done things correctly, I, I also think that we as a society need to applaud people when they do change, you know, because that's the biggest way that we are going to fix um, a lot of this historical just dysfunction, you know. I, yeah, I think so, too. And I, and I think that, like, that's the thing. You have to give people the opportunity to change, you also have to make people aware. Self-awareness is truly one of the hardest things alongside like ego. And I think that there have been people who I know who I've been close to, who some of the things that have been said, I know that it was not coming from a negative place, but a lot of it was just not knowing. So just not knowing that that's not appropriate or that that's hurtful And then having the conversation about that and then being able to say, here's why that's not okay. And I know that no one's ever told you that in your entire life. And so you think that it is. And then if we continue to have this relationship together and you continue to not acknowledge what I've told you is not okay, then you haven't changed. You haven't been thoughtful. And then that's the end. But if we can have this conversation, then you change, then we move forward. And that's that. Right. 100%. Let me tell you something interesting, which I think I shared with a group we belong to that, you know, during June, when so many companies, especially in the beauty space, was really, you know, under a lot of speculation in terms of how inclusive were they as just like internally as a brand, as well as like fulfilling the needs of their customers, but the nonprofits they supported in in a lot of ways, I felt like on my A game, like we're over 60% like black employees, you know, leadership team is great. Um, nonprofits are great. But then like, you know, 
is that really enough? And, you know, I felt so prideful about being inclusive with my formulas, but then really looking like just that term about like anti-racism, like it's not enough to not be racist, but you really have to be anti-racist. And for urban skin rights to be where we are by, you know, pretty much having 90% of an African-American customer base, like we really need to be like our A game. And I felt that, I needed some help. So I actually hired a diversity and inclusion, like executive coach for myself, just, you know, because it's something that I'm a, we're now at 50 employees. Isn't that crazy? Uh, You know, 14 14 months ago, we were at 17. So I'm just like, I don't even know that these people. It's crazy. But, you know, I just, I really, I learned so much from this woman. She is amazing. Um, but just learned it was, it was just such an eye opening experience. Like I'll just give you an example. I had a couple times would talk about the fact that I dealt with reverse racism that like, you know, and it was, you know, I learned from her that it is such an inappropriate term, you know, to say like that I had experienced reverse racism, you know, just, we could talk more and more about that, but I just think it's really necessary for all CEOs and people in leadership positions of every single color out there to get this type of coaching. Because if you think you know everything, you know, about what it really takes to be a leader of, and, you know, have an environment that really is diverse and inclusive, you don't know everything. It's impossible to like even just saying something like that's so crazy or gosh you're crazy like do you know how many people are dealing with mental illness in the workplace and how that term right there could be affecting somebody you know there is just so much that I'm now aware of as a leader in terms of trying to make people feel comfortable in in my workspace wow Rachel that is that's incredible I'm just thinking like that is such a great resource that we all need to have because so many times, ever since this has happened, I've gotten so many people like, do you want to be head of our diversity council or can you join our diversity advisory board? And I'm just like, I am not qualified for that. I'm like, I am not. I said, I will be the first one to say. And I said, I think you guys really need to take a hard look. You can't find an entrepreneur, founder, black woman and say, oh, Kendra's great. And she's doing all these things. She's black. Let's have her lead our diversity council. And I'm just like, that is so, and that's why I just keep saying your awareness, because even having a DNI coach, I have to say you are really the only person who, and you know, the circles that we're in and the powerful people that we're around who has been so open talking about it because you really do need it. And that's what I was saying to, to even use the term reverse racism. That's coming from a place of, I didn't even know. And we have to have people around us who will help us understand on all sides, no matter what we look like, because there's things happening in all races with ourselves, with each other, and then in other races across the board. So I I think that that's such a good gem for all of our listeners to even understand and to reach out and 
to understand that in order for us all to move forward, there has to be education. And we all have to be rooted in that and this willingness to learn and to learn across the board. There's a lot of things we don't know. No, and I think you brought up such a good point. Like, I think so many founders and CEOs are scrambling to fill this like DNI position and like, oh, let me take this like brown employee that, you know, let me just find somebody. And that is just one of the worst things you can do. And it's also just like, it's an expertise. It's not like picking that, like, I don't know, just like that one person because they're black to speak on behalf of what all the black people in the company need. It's really somebody who has a lot of expertise in this area. Well, and I think to um, just shifting, like as we start to wrap up, I, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about Beauty United. And even when you talk about like creating education and like one person can't fill the need or speak to everything. And so you and I are part of Beauty United and our listeners know I, I'm always like bringing it up because I I love it and I'm so honored to be one of the founders of it. One of the things that we found from our mentors was that their eyes were opened, not just to how do I grow my business, but even the personal knowledge that they got from talking to somebody else to help them be better people. So better people, better founders, better leaders. For you as one of our mentors and one of our speakers, like what do you want the next generation to kind of take away from your experience as a mentor, your experience just in your career, success that you have had? What's the gym that we all need to be kind of thinking about as we move forward in 2021 as, as leaders and executives? Yeah, well, one thing I'd just like to tell you that I um, just offered Elena an additional year of mentorship. So every oh, month she yes. Was, yes, with me, my R&D team, like we are really committed to her because I think she has a real chance of doing something amazing. And unfortunately, I don't think everybody, you know, is meant for this category, but I think she is. Um, but gosh, I think if there was a takeaway, I mean, one thing that I just love about this is giving somebody the gift of not making the mistakes I made. Like here's, I've made I do think that you can actually have a very successful business in two to three years. Um, it doesn't have to take 10 to 15 years um, if you avoid a lot of the mistakes that I've made. So being able to pass those like learning lessons forward is just so exciting for me. But I don't know. I think that there's just so many people who want to be a business owner because it's cool. And one, I do think that you really have to weigh out the pluses and negatives um, because it's something that just never turns off. It's it's like getting married, you know, to undo it is just so big. Um, but I also think that that's what franchises are great for. Like if you don't have a strong passion about anything particular, you know, that is franchises are great and it can allow you the luxury and the negatives of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> but I think in terms to really be a founder from the ground up, you have to have undying passion on something particular because that is the only thing that has gotten me through all the emotional and physical hardships and long hours. I mean, I think the stress is probably I will easily die 10 years early due to the inflammation in my body <laughs> from stress. But um, just I really want I just want people to have passion and um, it, it really has to come from the right place. It can't be 
to look cool. It has to be to really change lives or to fill a need that affects you or your family or somebody you love. I don't know if that's the exact answer that you're looking for, but I just, I really recommend strong, strong passion. That is whatever answer you say is the answer that I'm looking for. So I, I appreciate that. I think Rachel, this has just been such a great conversation. I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time. And we always close out um, the podcast with our guests telling us one brand that they're super excited about that they want our listeners to check out. Selfishly, it can be yours because <laughs> I've already been bragging. But is there something? Drop the jewels for us. What do you want our listeners to go and like covet? I mean, I I love Urban Skinner X by all means, but I have a lot of brands that I crush on. I crush pretty hard on Burst. Like I really like yeah. like Burst a lot. I I think that they have just are going to be amazing and sold for an insane amount of money one day. I am. Um, I love Burst too. Catherine and Melanie are just Melanie and I have been together for a long time and it's so much fun like I think it's great that we have like our peers around us to talk to and to crush over because they're crushing on us and if we all crush together then we all win so I appreciate you thank you thank you I'm gonna go I appreciate you what am I like gonna use tonight I have I have use um I'm telling you let me give you a little jewel so the even tone smooth and glow enzyme mask which I know you have there I rub a very thin layer of it on and actually sleep with it on my face. So if you're not too sensitive, do that, like especially through the T-zone and you will just wake up with a glow. It's amazing. Oh my gosh, Rachel dropping extra hidden jewels. Thank you. I'm doing that tonight. I am doing that tonight. Oh, awesome. Well, it was, you know, I love you so much, Kendra, and I really appreciate your support and just can't can't wait to um, listen to all the different interviews that you do. Thank you, Rachel. I appreciate you. Okay, you too. Take care. Thank you, Rachel. I'm so inspired and encouraged by you. I just appreciate you being so thoughtful, so transparent, and sharing all the gems and nuggets over the past 15 years of building Urban Skin RX. And every week, I like to share an influencer I'm checking out or crushing on. And this week, I'd love you all to check out Melissa Butler's The Lip Bar. Make sure to follow at The Lip Bar. As we close, I always like to leave our guest with my takeaway. And that is really understanding your passion. As Rachel said, you must have an undying passion in something in particular. And that's what carries you through. So I ask all of you, what is your passion that will carry you through when times are hard? So follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. See you next week. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, coordinating producer Lauren Turner, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fishmar Creative, executive producers Ken Johnson, Andrew Kalb, and Omar Thompson. Find Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon, Radio.com, or where you get your podcasts. Please follow, subscribe, and rate us. Business of the Beat is a Say It Loud Network production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.